It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors have selected Christian Coloco, the center out of Arizona with the 33rd overall pick. We'll talk about the pick, we'll talk about the lack of an OG and Anobi trade, and we'll dig into some of the upside that could be a play with Christian Coloco. We'll hear a clip from Raphael Barlow on this very show from a couple weeks ago talking about Coloco, and then Mark Schindler, our very good friend from Basketball News and all over the place, joins us to give the lowdown on Coloco as well. He's an exceptionally big fan of the fit so we'll get to all of that on today's episode as we get to know christian coloco here on locked on raptors thanks for being here oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1202 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, June the 24th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps for the low, low price of On The House. And if you go to YouTube, you can also subscribe for free to see video versions of the show each and every day. Just go over to the Lockdown Raptors YouTube channel, hit the big red subscribe button, and join the nearly 2,200 satisfied customers who have jumped over and made the YouTube plunge. Even if you're not going to watch on video every day, just do it so we can boost those subscriber numbers, baby! Okay! On today's show, which is, of course, your first listen of the day, uh, we are talking all about Christian Coloco, the pick made by the Toronto Raptors, 33rd overall in the second round last night. We'll dig into why I think it was kind of a perfect night for the Raptors when it comes to the draft, because it was nice and quiet and chill, and I was able to go to bed at like 11.30 p.m. It was fantastic. We will also get into uh, a chat with Mark Schindler, our pal from Basketball News, and get into the the nitty-gritty of Coloco and all. All that and so much more coming up today. Let's first dive in, however, to sort of my big takeaway from the night for the Raptors, which is that I think things went exactly as you should have wanted them to go if you're a fan of the Toronto Raptors. I said on yesterday's podcast that the best thing you could hope for from that night, from Thursday night of the draft, was silence. Outside of the 33rd pick, just quietness from the Raptors because they are not in a position where they need to go do loud things. They are not the Sacramento Kings. They are not the Charlotte Hornets. They are not the Pistons or the Knicks who need to be sort of the big winners of draft night because they have nothing else. The Raptors were in a pretty good spot going into the last night. 33rd overall, as we spoke about with Sam Ferris on Wednesday's podcast, was a pretty good spot to be considering there was a range in this draft, according to most experts, from about 15 or 20 down to 40 or 45, where there were just 
just first round talent still going to be there and guys who could have gone in any kind of order. The Raptors were going to have someone good fall to them. There were other good players in addition to Coloco available to them at 33. They had a nice little pick of the litter of who they wanted to go with with that selection. And they ultimately land on Christian Coloco, the seven-foot center out of Arizona, 7'5 wingspan, spent three years playing at Arizona. Uh, his last season, kind of his first season, really kind of emerging. He's only played basketball for about five years. He's one of these, another soccer uh, convert, actually, from the same hometown as Pascal Siakam and Douala Cameroon, which is pretty awesome as well. Uh, and the Raptors seem to have a type when it comes to dudes with that soccer background and the mobility that seems to tend to lend to NBA basketball. Christian Coloco kind of fits that bill. He's a super mobile center for his size, very athletic, a, a really nice vertical, you know, shot blocker and stuff like that. Getting to watch a little bit of his clips today, the defense really, really does pop off the screen. He was the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12 as well. Seems like a very Raptors-y selection where it's defense first, the offense might come later on, but there's going to be a baseline for defense that's really high. And also, to satiate all the center-hungry people out there, he's a center! He's the tallest player on the Raptors now! He's seven feet tall! What a wonderful thing to see! It's also nice that they got a couple of sort of, you know, center-related skills that are kind of lacking on the roster, including rim protection and, of course, you know, work as a role man as well, which the Raptors don't have a ton of. We'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty of his game a little bit later on with Mark. And, of course, we're going to play a clip from Raphael Barlow from a couple of weeks ago to dig into or just to kind of remind you what his readout on Coloco was when we chatted with him a couple of weeks back. But, again, back to my sort of original point. This is the kind of night you should have hoped for for the Raptors. You don't leave this draft feeling like the Raptors, you know, kind of got screwed by trading down in the draft either. You know, they were at the 20th pick. They traded down to 33 in the Thad deal. That could have potentially gone wrong, but it does really seem like the Raptors got a guy who they might have taken at 20 anyway. Bobby Webster said Coloco was in their top 20 to 25 on their big board. And so, you know, I think their gamble that trading down to get Thad Young in the door just those 13 spots was not going to prevent them from getting a player that they really liked. And maybe you liked Blake Wesley or Caleb Houston or Christian Brown or one of those guys who went in that 20 to the 33 range. And that's fair. If you, you know, kind of hitched your wagon to a guy, that's fine. But I think for the Raptors, like they seem to be pretty comfortable with what they've done here. And I also think too, Yes, it's a second round pick. Yes, there's always uncertainty and there's sort of baked in uncertainty just with the nature of how second round contracts work and things like that. There is no guarantee here that Christian Coloco is going to be a long-term NBA player. However, it does really feel like this pick at 33 kind of has the tone and tenor of a first rounder more so than sort of the dart throws that you typically see or have seen from the Raptors later in the second round. You know, last year, David Johnson and Delano Banton back-to-back in the mid-40s. You know, Banton seems like he might be something. Johnson didn't do a whole lot this year. I don't know if we'll see any more of him with the Raptors organization. We'll see, but that's always kind of the risk you you, you take when you're drafting late in the second round. You got Dewan Hernandez a couple years ago. That didn't work out. Jalen Harris a couple years ago. That sort of looked like it might maybe work out, but doesn't seem like it's actually going to work out, um, you know, or it hasn't worked out, whatever. With Coloco, this feels more like a guy who has a first-round grade, a guy who's going to get a lot more runway and rope and opportunity, because he was the Raptors' only pick this season, and I think they viewed this 33rd pick as a first-round pick in all for all intents and purposes, outside of the financial commitment that comes with getting drafted in the first round. So, 
yeah, there's going to be like a shorter runway here to figure out if Coloco is something the Raptors want to go forward with. If, you know, after two seasons or whatever kind of deal he signs, they they realize, oh, maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe they cut bait a little sooner. But I really think that there's going to be like a runway here for Coloco because this feels like a first round pick more so than anything else. And I think the big takeaway for me, you know, the reason I'm feeling so good and the reason why this should be something, a night that you should feel happy about as a Raptors fan is that it suggests something about the offseason that I think is good. And that is that this might be all they do for the center position this offseason. Like, this might be what opens up the runway for 30 minutes of Precious Achua at center. We'll get to the conversation with Mark later, but Mark told me he thinks Coloco can play 10 to 15 minutes a game next season and actually be a contributor because of that high defensive floor that he brings. And if that's the case, the center issues get a lot less issuey, right? Like, Precious Achua going out there playing 30 minutes a night, doing the things that he does defensively, adding the offensive pop that he does, like that to me is like priority number one for the center spot this year. And bringing in Coloco as that back layer of, you know, a developmental piece who you can kind of dream on a little bit down the line, maybe two, three, four years from now when the Raptors are kind of hitting their, their real sort of apex of their win curve. He's actually like a legitimate piece in your center rotation that you can count on for 20 minutes. Maybe he's a starter by then. We don't really know. But I do think next year, for me, one of the biggest priorities is ensuring Precious Achua has a ton of runway, and Coloco is not going to come in and threaten that. He's just going to be there to complement that. And, you know, if there's someone who should feel threatened, it's probably Ken Birch, honestly, um, just based on, you know, the upside that Coloco might bring and the fact that the Raptors might be pretty invested here and in trying to get him some run and development time. But I think this kind of puts to bed any sort of... You know, and look, you're not going to not trade for a star center just because you drafted a guy 33rd overall. I'm not that stupid, but I do think it suggests that they're not like itching right now to go and get a Gobert or an Aiton necessarily. It feels like, all right, we're fine with what we have here. We'll kick the can down the road a little bit. If there's a center who comes up a year from now who kind of fits the bill of a superstar center, as was pointed out by Jake Fisher last night in his reporting, you know, the Raptors were never going to trade OG for anything other than like a star center upgrade. And I kind of think. The fact that he didn't get dealt last night, the fact that they took Coloco, he's going to be that backup center ideally as soon as next season. And maybe, you know, he, he you know, from day one, he kind of gets in there. We'll see. You know, I, I would expect that there's going to be some growing pains because every second round pick is going to have some growing pains and it's going to take some time to establish a foothold. But I really feel like that move last night to take Coloco at 33, to not trade OG Ananobi, it's just kind of a further doubling down of the... All right, let's just let this thing ride out and, and see what happens next season with who is already in-house. We don't need to go worry about making some big wind curve accelerating trade right now for a center. Instead, we can just hope that Coloco develops along, and then all of a sudden in two, three years, you're looking at a Chua and Coloco potentially as your one-two center tandem, and they offer different things and different size and, and you know different skill sets, which is a pretty cool thing to have so i'm very happy with what happened there was no og trade they didn't go weird and sort of super off board with the pick of 33 it was a fun one to see um you know the kind of the annual ritual when you watch the raptors at the draft is you look at the oh look at the 10 guys who are available they're four picks away they're gonna get someone on that list and then they take someone you've never heard of before not exactly the case last night they took a pretty consensus pick a guy who had a first round grade from a lot of folks and it seems like he's going to be a pretty darn good fit with what the raptors want to do as well we're going to come back in a sec going to dig into some of the things that Coloco does well, as well as uh, hear a little bit about what his upside might be from downtown with Rafael Barlow, who was on the show a couple weeks ago talking Coloco. We'll re replay that clip 
coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you, better friends over at Arcade One Up, who's got big news, boom shakalaka, NBA Jam is back, baby. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a, wait for it, Shaq Edition machine. It's it's shaped like Shaq? I don't know. I wish it was shaped like Shaq. That would be really fun. People are obsessed with NBA Jam. I'm obsessed with NBA Jam. Whenever I go to like a barcade or something, you can find me posted up in front of the NBA Jam machine playing all night long because that's all I want to do. I don't want to talk to my friends. I want to play NBA Jam, baby. You can jump clear across the port, set the ball on fire, everything you want in a sports video game. It's the most fun sports video game there ever was. And guess what? Now you can compete with friends and family through an all-new Wi-Fi leaderboard, which is just an absolute dream, making you more connected than ever. You can pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one up, uh, the number one and up.com for an estimated early September ship date. And Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've got more classes like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, many others starting at just $399. What a wonderful gift idea for your favorite podcast host. If you would like to send me one, let me know. I'll DM you my address. Check this out. They are also giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a Locked On listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your home at, uh, and, and go to arcade1up.com slash locked on to do so. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter and win an NBA Jam Shack edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today and then invite me to come and play at your house. I would love to do that and spend an afternoon uh, drinking Mountain Dew and playing NBA Jam with you. Uh, go check them out, arcade1up.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, and uh, we're going to get to Mark Schindler very shortly, but I do want to play back a section of the podcast that Raphael Barlow recorded with me a couple weeks back here on Locked On Raptors, talking about all sorts of different guys, and Christian Coloco came up, and he came up as a guy who potentially has a swing skill that could turn him into something much more than just a rim-running defensive center, and that's his shooting. And look, he did not do a whole lot of that when he was in college. He did not, I believe, attempt a single three in his entire... I'm just pulling up his basketball reference page because I closed it for some reason because I'm a fool. I always do this. I hit the tabs open that I need and then I close them. Uh, Yeah, last season, he attempted... All grand total of three threes. He's taken five threes in his entire college career and hit none of them. So that certainly is something to uh, keep an eye on. It's like, okay, there's not a lot of track record here. However, as Raphael says, there are some signs here that maybe he's working on that being a part of his game. And he's sort of taking what he's seen around the NBA and what tends to get centers played off the floor in the postseason, and he's trying to not become one of said centers who gets played off the post the floor in the postseason. So let's play that clip, uh, myself and Raphael Barlow from a couple weeks ago, talking about Christian Coloco. Here's what Raphael had to say. He is a Raptors guy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so at the Combine, he shocked everybody by making 16 out of 25 threes from the star drill, which is huge because he did not make a single three-pointer in his three years at Arizona. Mm -hmm. And 
even in the three years at Arizona, he only made 15 jump shots total in 91 <laughs> games, and nine of those 15 came this year. So right. I'm very optimistic that he develops into a three-point shooter because okay. I, I believe that he just wasn't able to showcase it. I believe that he sh- showed small strides. Like I said, he, he made 15 jump shots total, but nine were this year. He was like a 35% free throw shooter as a freshman, got it up to about 73 or something like that. So he's shown improvement in his touch. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him at the combine shooting, it looked like he's been putting in the hours and putting in the work. So I I even had the chance to interview him, and he told me that he understands that shooting will help him stay on the floor in the NBA. Mm-hmm. especially with center kind of being switched off or kind of getting ran off the floor in the playoffs. And he knows that if he can add some outside shooting, it can possibly help him stay on if there's a situation where, I mean, you, you've seen like some of the best centers in the league. They they may not have the offense to where they're just kind of one-sided. So he's, he understood that. And so he said he's shooting a 1,000 jump shots a day. <laughs> wow. So he gets up in the morning, shoots, then he comes back at night for about 45 minutes where it's nothing but jump shots. So he's working on, like, the pick and pop, the mid-range, and outside, and, and three-point shots. So I all that to say this. I think that he has a good chance of being able to knock down open shots and space, and space the floor. You add that to what he already brings to the table as far as energy, rim protection, and a guy that's going to be a vertical lap threat and run the floor, then you end up with a pretty valuable weapon. So... He's someone that I think he could go in the first round, but I think he would be a real steal and just create so much value as a second-round pick, especially if he falls to 33. There it is, Raphael Barlow digging into the potential three-point upside of Christian Coloco. Look, that's a lot of ifs, right? It's a lot of, hey, he's never done it, but he's really trying to. And look, lots of guys take a lot of empty jumper, jumpers against empty you know, chairs and stuff like that in practice, and it doesn't always translate, but... I do find that to be pretty encouraging. And it also, to me, suggests that the Raptors have kind of accomplished the thing I was hoping they would accomplish yesterday, but have kind of gotten the best of both worlds. I was really hoping they would go for someone with a very high floor who kind of projected as a role player who could fill the gaps between the likes of Siakam and Barnes and Trent and Fred and OG, like guys who are already the established sort of basis of the team. This is a team that needs guys who can play off of those guys and fit into certain roles and niches around those guys because those guys are going to be the ones who kind of dictate what happens on the floor more often than not for this team in the next few years. And I was hoping for a high floor because that's usually a bit more of a polished player, someone who, you know, kind of you come in, maybe you're not expecting them to have star upside necessarily, but you know, okay, like they're going to be a pretty damn good regular rotation player in the NBA, which is a kind of a, a forgotten thing. And a thing that people tend to underrate, I think, is, well, everyone's got to have upside. You know, sometimes you just need dudes who can play basketball and be a good seventh or eighth man. And that's how good teams are eventually constructed. But uh, what they seem to have done with Coloco is kind of straddled that line, right? And it's now, yes, there's that floor of defense and the sort of rim running and stuff like that that he brings. But now there's this sort of untapped ceiling as well, where if he can take that three-point shot and massage it along, I'm not saying he's going to even shoot threes this coming season in the NBA, but I can damn sure guarantee you the Raptors will embolden him to do so. You know, I think that's something that you can dream on a little bit. Maybe two, three, four years from now, Christian Coloco's bombing threes away as like a true sort of both role and popping big man who is also just a fantastic quick-footed defender 
That seems pretty exciting to me. Again, it's the it's a second round pick. You don't want to get too, too crazy, but I do think this second round pick is a little more first roundy than your typical second round pick that we're talking about. So I think it's fair to probably, you know, be able to just like hope a little bit more on that upside for a guy like Coloco. Again, he's only played basketball for like five years, which is, uh, you know, again, another Raptors special. So with that, we are going to now pivot into the conversation with Mark Schindler from Basketball News and Tag the Roll and all the wonderful things he does. He's fantastic. That's coming up in just one second as we dive deep into Christian Coloco and what he might bring to the Toronto Raptors. Before that, though, let me tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. you got the Major League Baseball season going strong. You've got all the sort of summer events. you got tennis, golf, etc., etc. It's all there for you at BetOnline.net, your continued source for all your sports wagering info so you can be the informed wager, get news on injuries, get podcasts to tell you what's going on, all the trends, why the lines are the way they are. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, more and more and more. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, now closing out your first listen of the day, breaking down Christian Coloco a little bit more as a man who I simply had to get on the show when I learned he was writing about just how darn much he liked the Christian Coloco fit with the Toronto Raptors. It is Mark Schindler from Basketball News from WNBA.com. You're everywhere, dude. You're unbelievably prolific. You watch more basketball, I think, than anybody I know. Thank you so much for hanging out today and uh, jumping on to talk about Coloco. How are you, man? I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. Yesterday was a, it was kind of a marathon. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to anybody who came on the Taggy Roll draft stream. That was an absolute blast. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really fun day yesterday. I, I was uh, a little bit bummed. I thought like not not that I want to see everybody get traded, but like <laughs> we kept getting this drum of like, oh, there's going to be so many trades like Woj and Fisher and everybody's like, oh, there's going to be trades. Just wait. And no didn't happen like that but um no still a very very exciting night just cool on a on a personal note for all these guys to to get their opportunities uh, and i'm really psyched to see what they look like next year yeah for sure it was a a fun night to watch you know i feel like this happens every year where it's like a million trades are gonna happen don't worry and then it's like oh d'anthony melton's the biggest guy moved on the night cool it's not a bad thing but uh yeah it, it usually ends up being that guys fall in love or teams fall in love with their guys and then they take them um let's dive into christian coloco shall we the 33rd overall pick out of arizona seven footer very fast very long and uh seems to be a pretty good fit with the toronto raptors if you ask one mark schindler uh mark let me just kind of ask you straight out like why do you like the fit with coloco and the raptors so much to the point that you wrote a blog about it this morning that will probably be up by the time we finish talking here yeah, um, shout, shout out to Google Docs, man. It's a great place. Uh, <laughs> it'll be up on my Patreon. But yeah, I um, I love this because it's you know as as we've seen the the Raptors have been increasingly linked over the last year and a half to Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert recently, Kristaps Porzingis before the trade deadline. Um, 
and I so I think like there's been real credence to them wanting to add a center um, that's not just like drummed up BS. But to me, like Coloco is very much the direction that I appreciate. Like I think to me, like obviously Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert, Chris Stops, all really good, really talented players in their own right. But I think to me, that's just not the Raptors. Like mm-hmm. you know, I think they they would have to do a lot of tinkering to uh, bring some of those guys in on both ends. Um, to me, Coloco is very much somebody who like especially in terms of what he could do. Like I've, I've, I have I've, don't think I've written this, but I think I've said on my podcast before, like he's somebody I view who's going to be an immediate contributor next year, especially on the right team. Like right. Um, he's very, very raw offensively. Like let's just get that out there right away, which that's part of – that's very Raptors to say, let's take the rawest guy possible. Um, <laughs> but defensively, like um, he is probably – he's one of the most mobile seven-footers I've ever seen. Like his yeah. movement skills are legitimately absurd at seven feet tall, seven, five-and-a-half wingspan – um he has really good instincts defensively like he's not somebody i would call switchable like fully switchable but like because he's long because he can move his feet well and has good uh good timing like he's capable of late switching stuff like that i don't think like again i don't want to see the raptors do a ton of switching with him um but in terms of like we saw the raptors start to play more stuff closer to the level like playing you know scotty and, and pascal um in drop close to the level as well like i think that's stuff that we could really see from him that just adds a new element. Like I view this team as like needing like 10 to 15 minutes of quality center play a given right. night. The, obviously it depends on the matchup. And I think to me, Coloco is somebody who could step in and do that next year. Um, again, a lot's going to depend on who's out on the court with him offensively, because I do think it can gum up granted, like he's a real vertical threat, but his mm-hmm. hands are pretty shitty for being honest. <laughs> like um, just to keep it blunt, like his, that's been the biggest hang up for him at Arizona is just catching the ball. I think he's gotten right. better at it, but even then, um, so that's going to be a big area of improvement. But again, like the defense, I think is going to be a positive from day one and fits a lot of what the Raptors like to do. Yeah. I mean, that is typically the way the Raptors like to go, right? Is get the defensive guy. And then, yeah, we could teach this guy how to play offense and they're pretty comfortable with that. I mean, Precious Achua is kind of an example of that over the course of yeah. just this past season. He went from being an obvious plus defensively to uh, a total ride on the offensive end. And it became less of, it's still a ride, but instead of like a roller coaster, it's more like a teacup ride that gets you a little twirled around as your dog. Well, hello, Moose. How <laughs> yeah, are you? Moose is very uh, excited. <laughs> loves Christian Coloco. Yes, he does. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of dig into, like, what the floor of Coloco is. Going into this draft, I – look, I should also say I'm a pretty uninformed draft guy. I, like, I just kind of go big picture with sort of my impressions of what I'd like the team to target in certain terms of, like, sort of macro skills and stuff like that. I was really hoping the Raptors could go and try to find a guy who has a pretty high floor because I feel like with the talent they already have in the door, you're looking for guys that you can kind of fill in around that – to make a complete and comprehensive team. Like, not everybody can have the ball for 22% of possessions, especially when five guys are kind of sharing that load. Mm -hmm. So I feel like getting floor, like high floor guys who kind of fit into some sort of role player archetype, to me, was kind of the way to go for this team based on where they're headed in in their trajectory here. You know, upside's obviously nice, and you never want to totally punt on upside because obviously that can kind of change your life if things go right. But Coloco, it feels like with the defense, kind of brings that floor, but there does seem to be a little bit of potential to tap into 
on the offensive end. Uh, what would you say is sort of like the low outcome for Christian Coloco? Like you're looking at, you know, five years from now when things have gone fine, but not amazing. Like, is he still in the NBA? Is he still like a, a reliable rim protector you can have on the floor who can finish up the garbage and, you know, you know dunk and offensive rebound and stuff like that? Or do you think there's, you know, a world in which he kind of washes out because the offense is so far behind? Um, you know, what, what do you think of the idea of Coloco being like a high floor guy because of that defensive baseline he already has? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I, I view him definitely as, as a high floor guy. Like, I think he's somebody I would probably play over Kem next year. I, yep. I can't remember if Kem is a free agent or not. No, he's still um, around two more years. Okay, cool. Um, like, yeah. yeah, I think like it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But I do think like he probably provides a little bit more defensively than Kem does right now, just given the size and like legitimately awesome rim protector. Sure. Um, or awesome might be a little bit, bit too far. He's still more of a low jumper, but like, um, I think. I look at him as uh, like the again like like you mentioned. I think the offense can be the thing. The floor to me though, like I think he's a rotation big, like somebody who could spot start. But I think it's mostly just uh, actually finding the offensive stuff, which, like you said, I think that's that's going to be the real hangup. Like, mm-hmm. how does that improve? But I think what makes this interesting to me, especially on like a team that's such a good marriage of fit and what they actually like putting on the floor. Like I view him as somebody who's going to get a ton of reps and opportunity just because of what that floor is. Sure. And I think like part of what makes talking about fit and potential interesting is like it it does go hand in hand because of what Christian does so well. Like that's why I'm excited about the pick. Cause I think you could you could take a local anywhere and be like, Yeah, I see him making an impact. But I see this and I'm like, Okay, I think A, I believe in the Raptors to develop some of the things that he struggles with offensively, but also I know they're gonna play him. And yeah that makes me a lot more bullish on who he can become in the league because he's going to get more of those reps and opportunities, which is what he needs offensively to really improve. Yeah, and so on the offensive side of things, in the previous segment, we played a clip from Raphael Barlow from Locked in NBA Big Board popping on the show a couple weeks ago when he talked about Coloco and how he had him. Like, he wrote a piece on four players with huge swing skills in the draft. The four players were Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., uh, Paolo Boncaro, and... Christian Coloco, and he dug into the shooting upside potentially of Coloco. He did not shoot anything at all during his college career whatsoever, but Raphael did kind of note he was he had an interview with him, I think, at the Combine. It was talking about the work he's putting in on his three-point shot, the touch that he's trying to sort of add into his game. And, you know, he seems at least a little bit optimistic that there could be some catch-and-shoot three-point upside there for Christian Coloco at some point here. Obviously, you know, as a roller as well, if the hands can kind of improve, that's a skill the Raptors badly need. They don't really have a traditional roll threat, haven't really had one, I don't know, since Bismack Biombo. Like, <laughs> and, you know, even that's a stretch considering yeah. he missed half of those buckets on the roll. But um, as far as the offensive upside here, like, what's your level of optimism that he maybe can develop a bit of a stroke? And, you know... It, when it comes to the hands and stuff like that, like, is there a world in which he's just like a nice non-shooting, but you know, a pretty decent role man who can be a pretty good vertical target, even if the hands maybe take some time to come along. Yeah, no, I think that that's possible. Like as for the actual shot, like that's definitely a good Intel thing. Like I would love to know more. And I think again, watching him work out, seeing how he's working on things would be important. Like Mm -hmm. just to note, like he, he did make real, real strides as a free throw shooter, which that's that's a good indication. Also like, he has very good hand-eye coordination on the defensive end. That doesn't, again, that doesn't play out offensively right now. But um, I think that's the kind of indicators you're looking for. I don't know if I'd be bullish on it. Just granted, like 
it's not often we see somebody go from being complete notcher. Like this guy, he took less than 30 jumpers inside the arc last year. Like yeah. he's just not a shooter. Um, so I guess it's possible, but I think just getting to a stage where it actually matters and the defense cares is a whole other thing. Like adding in like a corner three, I think that's that's potentially doable. Um, I'd have to, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it. I'd have to go and watch, you know, his free throw form again more and see more on what I think about it. But I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But um, I think to me, a lot more of what I would consider his swing skill is can he improve his handle a little bit? Because he is right. like one of the only things like he's not a good post defender right now because he's got a pretty high base. He's still relatively uh, like he's built, but he's like 230 at seven foot one. Sure. Um, so like Grant, like I think he's fine for the most part. But like, again, like somebody who's he's going to foul out playing Joel Embiid um, as <laughs> as we all do. Who but, among us? <laughs> exactly. That's, it's, a, it's a terrible I, I hate that I even said it. But like it's it's just like granted, like I think that shouldn't be an expectation for him. To yeah. come in and be somebody who's going to body people in the post again he's having six fouls and being long matters though i think that's an important yeah. thing to recognize um but yeah the, the biggest swing skills for me offensively are, are improving his processing speed and how he's using the court because a that's a problem for some raptors players right now so adding him in on top of that is interesting um but i think like he can he can make quality passes with like the right ball placement and everything, but it's just seeing it faster. Um, right. Like I think there are a lot of times where he would get, he would, you know, he'd get an opportunity in the mid post or something like that and he'd make the right pass, but it's, you know, a second and a half late um, right. stuff like that. Like, I think that's stuff that I would like to see improve. And again, though, like, I think that's the kind of stuff where, um, you know, what level it gets to, I'm not sure of, but I do think that's something that could really just improve with time. Um, and getting more reps because I think that's what he really needs offensively is trying to just see more of that, get put in a more segmented role. Like, okay, we're not going to be posting up. We're just going to have you roll, make the reads or dunk it or not even just dunk it. But like, I think, you know, like developing more of a finishing touch too is going to be important as well. Like he's a good finisher, but it's mostly on lobs and mm -hmm. just like straight up layups around the rim. Like I'm looking up the number right now. I don't think he took very many. Yeah. He took 17 floaters this year and shot well on them granted, but like that's, not a ton considering yeah. how many games i mean he played 37 games at arizona this year so like i mean his hook shot does have decent touch too shot 45 percent on hooks this year i i guess you know the more that i think about it he does have some like interesting flashes of touch mm -hmm. i just think he's still a ways away from me from being somebody i consider a jump shooter but the finishing is very real it's a lot again just improving the hands improving the the way that he's seeing the court too and making some of those reads on the short roll and also, yeah, like, for, oh, this yeah. – not to – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, like, no, no, he's also somebody I really think they're going to need to lean into running more pick and roll with because that's right. something that they have been reticent to do. I would like to see that change, especially if he's going to be on the court because I don't think that he's somebody – like, he can flow into pockets well enough, but I don't view him as, like, somebody like that who is a very, like, plus-plus off-ball mover that's going to open themselves up without having uh, necessarily shooting touch or handle to get themselves somewhere. So um, it will be interesting to see how they employ him. But I – my my hope with them making this pick is that they know a lot of that stuff and they're just sure. willing to do that. Um, but we'll see for sure. There is hope for Malachi Flynn to find a pick and roll partner yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see about maybe, that one. I don't, maybe I don't the last hope, but hope nonetheless. Uh, last one here for you, Mark. Um, just you mentioned off the top how you kind of liked this strategy for the Raptors to get hopefully 10 to 15 minutes of backup center play. If it doesn't work with Coloco, then you can have, you know, Birch go in there next season and then you kind of groom Coloco along, maybe some G League time, whatever. But, um, you know, 
you seem to be kind of on board with what this says about the where, where the Raptors are going to go with the center spot this offseason. I have been pretty staunch in my uh, lukewarmness on the idea of going and getting like a big center, devoting a ton of resources to a really good center who's just really good and not like a superstar. Because um, I just don't know if it's necessary for where this team is at right now. Um, where do you think this sort of, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves, do you think this suggests that maybe like they're kind of done with center now and maybe it's sort of, uh, let's go find some dudes who can handle and pro- probably shoot, uh, <laughs> with like the mid-level exception and stuff like that? Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Like, I think like, like you mentioned, like, I don't know if like, you know, looking at just MLE targets in general, I don't think that's a thing, but I do think like, okay, let's say if DeAndre Ayton is in play, like, I think that. I mean, that's something that you go for. Like, especially, too, because he's somebody I view as could fit and make a lot of sense with the Raptors, um, even though he's, like, again, somebody that I think you'd have to change your system a little bit for. Even if it's um, an OG for Aiden swap? Like, I mean, I'm, I don't I don't know what the valuation is. Right. Like, I don't know because I don't – A, I don't want to get cooked on, on YouTube comments. <laughs> but also, like um, – I, I mean, like, granted, that's just that's something that does seem to be genuinely on the table. Like, now that you think about it, too, like, the, the Pistons are out on Aiton by drafting Jalen Duran. I would imagine um, it would seem, too, that uh, – I mean, like, maybe the Knicks are open for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlotte took Mark Williams last night, so it doesn't seem like they're going to be in that running anymore. So I am interested to see what happens. Maybe that does pave the way for Toronto a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think, like – it provides more of an immediate need rather than like some quote unquote star upside. So I think if like, again, it's like, I think this shuts the door on something like miles Turner, but probably mm-hmm. doesn't for something like if, if, if there still is interest in Aiden or go bear. Um, but that's just my assumption off rip. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, like the, the Gobert thing I've kind of put to bed because I just think it's too complicated money-wise. Yeah, like it would definitely. have to be like both Trent and OG. And that point, you're like really leaning into the whole we don't have any shooters identity, which, hey, maybe yeah. that's what Well, exactly. And I think not, not, I don't mean to go off on your pod, but like no. I was thinking about this the other day because I was talking to Hoop Goose and, uh, and Sam's and Folk, uh, two yep. of our good friends. And uh, they're fine. At first, Sam's in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're fine. They, they're, they're okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, you know, I was thinking about it first, and I was like, "Yeah, Aiden to the to the Raptors makes a ton of sense." But then I thought about it too. I'm like, "You cannot trade Gary Ch- Gary Trent unless you're getting back another movement shooter." Because like, right. who else on this team is a movement shooter? Like Fred, of course, but like he's handling the hey, ball more. Fee's opted in, man. <laughs> yeah, I I legitimately forgot that Fee was on this team until he got re up the other day. I mean, until he accepted his player option the other day. I was like, "Wow." Um, first of all, I didn't know he had a player option. Uh, mm-hmm. Props to his agent because that's I don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, it just this team is. I'm very excited for this team next year. I think like again, sleep on Pascal at your own peril, man. The the Pascal. I'm sorry, I I don't. I'm not just trying to cultivate. Don't apologize, man. Go nuts. We love Pascal propaganda on this podcast. Like (laughs) that 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 like redraft thing came out last week. I was like, Pascal is incredible. I don't know what people are doing here. Like he's. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what this team does next year because they uh yeah they're fun man yeah just don't I, I made, don't bring up the Thad trade yesterday was the Thad relitigation relitigation day so which I made the point at the very start of the show is silly there, there's a chance the Raptors would have taken Coloco at 20 anyway based on yep. what they were saying like they seem to have gotten their guy just fine and also they have Thad's bird rights and uh, got to watch him throw cool passes and teach the youths for a that's little right. while. Hey, I mean, just for the step back on Joel Embiid, that's, uh, that's all we needed. Um, Honestly, worth the 13 spot drop. I'm sorry yes. if you liked Malachi Branham at 20, but, uh, you know, it, I think 
everything is all good there. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for popping on, man. It's always a, a wonderful time to have you on. And we'll have to have you on a lot over the next 10 years because I made the point last night. Detroit, Cleveland, and Toronto, three teams that you seem to have a particular affinity for. You're obviously based in Cleveland. Uh, that's going to be like the, the triangle of death in the Eastern Conference for the next yeah. 8, 9, 10 years. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to take many a Greyhound bus uh, <laughs> along that route. Oh, God. The, and, the uh, Cleveland Greyhound station is not my favorite i uh actually almost got <laughs> mugged outside of it one time which was not fun but uh yeah um i mean yeah the the, the central division is gonna own basketball it seems so mm-hmm. we're gonna see what happens it's gonna be a blast uh mark thank you so much where can people check out your work yeah you can find me on twitter at mg underscore schindler um if you want to read more about christian coloco um i should have a piece coming out well probably right before this drops so um yeah check me out there uh appreciate you for having me on sean it's always a fun time of course man uh that's gonna do it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in later on today there will be a bonus episode for you with mike luke of locked on wildcats he's gonna give us the lowdown little christian coloco 101 from someone who watched him every single game throughout the season with arizona that'll be a little bonus show probably just about 15 minutes or so later on today on youtube and on the audio platform so thank you for checking us out thank you for making us both your first and second listen today but if you need another podcast to go check out go listen to locked on nba big board all sorts of breakdowns of the draft and surely a look ahead at Wemby time the 2023 draft with victor Wembanyama. he's got everybody in a tizzy uh surely mark as well uh, <laughs> we will uh reconvene on monday with a full episode with big v as we usually do and look ahead towards free agency as it gets set to open next week and with that thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you again on monday or later this afternoon i keep forgetting because I've, I've signed myself up for a bonus episode we'll talk to you soon all right with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today